is Booba Bapino Italian for ravioli? <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 193 of Video Games Hot Dog, the one where Kevin does that. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> and then he starts singing that, uh, fuck, who does that song? Blur? Uh, yeah, is it a Blur song? I think it's, I think a, blur it's a Blur song. song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the one that goes woohoo, so you can never find it. Yep. Spent a really long time trying to figure out what that song was that they play at every bar and restaurant where the chorus is just ooh, 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 and then I finally shazammed it, and then I forgot what it was, and Shazam doesn't Shit. have it, and it's, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what to do. You can't Google it. What song goes ooh, 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 ooh? It's like that time Shaq tweeted, wah, wah, wee, wah, what song is this? <laughs> I bet the readers will tell us. And it was probably the best tweet. Oh, God, Shaq. Every once in a while, I just go back and retweet that again because it was... The uh, perfect tweet. Yeah, it just... So many so many things going for it. <laughs> it, it would look good on a cross-stitch sampler. Oh, yeah, it would. What, uh, what have you guys been up to? I'm in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah? Looking... Looking at me from right across this weird table in my Lego room. Yeah, uh, it's it's warm here, but not but not so it's warm. cold outside now. Yeah, it's nighttime. I have goose I have goose pimples on all of my downy bits. That's <laughs> that's disgusting and too much information. Uh, but it's I think it's because you're drinking a cold cold beer. It is. Is downy you know, a, a brand of toilet paper? <laughs> no, yes, it's like fabric, fabric softener. softener. Oh, that's it, right? Isn't it also a brand of toilet paper? I mean, oh, maybe. I, Are you thinking I, they of might make Charmin? Charmin? No, maybe. What's the one yeah. with the? Oh no, wait, that's also no. There's, there's that TV show, Downey Abbey. Oh, right, <laughs> right about a girl who can't stop wiping her ass. Yep. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's what, what I was thinking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, a beer wins first place once, and. They just don't shut up about yeah, it. Yeah, these assholes forever. won a blue ribbon in 1844, and they're still talking about it. Ah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, what about you, Jim? I miss you. It's been so long since we've since we've gazed into each other's yeah, downy we should, eyes. We should hang out more often. You should yeah. come back here. I don't know why Is you left. Downy eye, a euphemism for butthole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Points downy. I think it must. I think it must be. Uh, you I should saw... come out to ZapCon. Oh, wait, when is that? Uh, 18th and 19th of this month at the Mesa Convention oh. Center in Mesa, Arizona. So, Not this weekend, but the next. Come one, come all. Yeah, that's uh, that's my mom's birthday. So probably she not. should come to Zapcon. Better way to celebrate <laughs> than with a classic arcade and pinball expo. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Oh, uh, I saw a movie which was pretty good. Oh yeah, what it was movie? Uh, what we do in the shadows, which is uh, a mockumentary about. The uh, Wellington, New Zealand vampire scene. <laughs> huh. Okay. I, I, I don't want to... I don't know. I feel like the way to review these movies is just by giving sample jokes. I don't want to... Okay. I don't want to... I don't want to, like, to spoil it too much, but it's it's well done. It's very, like, Spinal Tap. Is it new? It's in theaters now. Oh, wow. So, so I think you, so. You saw, it, you saw it in a theater? Yeah. You I, saw a mockumentary in a theater. Yeah, is that is that weird? Uh, uh, it just seems a little odd. Was it a comedy theater? Uh, it was. It's one of those art house theaters. 
You know how Berkeley has like three movie theaters right next to each other? So I don't know one that. of them. None of well, us know that. Well, I know that. It's I a, know there's a Jupiter Pizzeria fairly close to the BART station. Yeah, no, it's it's actually really close to that too. Okay. Um, yeah, there are there are three movie theaters like all within a block of each other on Shattuck, and I I went. It was at the artiest one of those. Artiest. What about you, Riff? How's Portland treating you? Uh, pretty good. I've mostly been spending my time rearranging boxes and assembling IKEA furniture. Have you just been sleeping on top of a pile of boxes of books? No, the first thing I built from IKEA was the bed. <laughs> so okay, that seemed that seemed like a reasonable plan. That's smart. Are, That's efficient. Are there, are there boxes full of deck chairs? Because I think you might have a problem if there are. <laughs> Wait, you think the house is in danger of sinking? <laughs> well, I just I'm always nervous whenever anyone is rearranging. You're already in the basement. I think it has it has sunk as far as you're concerned. Yeah, it could be it could keep going down though. Till you hit bedrock. Gather right. some redstone. You I could feel just, like you could have just slept on the bedrock. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the purpose of a desk is to keep the mess off the floor. You have it on the desk instead, and I think a bed gets you 90% of the way there. Yeah, desk was the second thing I built. (laughs) Right, there you go. Okay, so now you're like 95% of the way there, and anything else is just, eh. You can put the books on top of the box that contains the bookshelf. (laughs) You know, I would say that Riff's bed does an okay job of keeping the mess off the floor if I hadn't just cleaned underneath Riff's bed. Well, as long as the bed, the underneath of the bed is hidden from view, then that's fine. That's true. It is hidden from the view of someone sleeping on the bed, I guess. Yeah, there well, you someone's go. standing in the room. You have to like bend over a little bit to. Okay. You have to expose your. Yeah, the yeah. only thing I found yeah. from a downy eye was your manga. Oh, you found manga. <laughs> yes, it was just a manga. Is that what you call one unit? Of uh, manga? I guess. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> a book? Yes. I think I think a unit of, of manga is a ganam. <laughs> okay. A ganam manga. Oh, I see. It was a pal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yes. But it would be a ganam of omanga. <laughs> right. You, you a, wouldn't... a ganam omanga. Okay. A ganam omanga. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. We've solved it. Um. If nobody has any uh, amusing anecdotes, I suggest that we just do listener's mail right off the bat, which is what we said we were going to do last time. Oh, yeah. Sure. That sounds pretty cool. Okay. You're looking at so many devices here. I know. A while ago, Andrew Sparks wrote in, Morning, gents. I went to my local pub a few years ago to watch the Soccer World Mm. Cup final. Wow, this guy's not a nerd. Soccer World Cup final. Yeah. Okay. Is is this a FIFA game? I think he's just explaining... To us, like, why? He, he said, "I went to I went pub. to watch a World Cup game." He thought maybe we wouldn't know what he was talking about, as we're a bunch of a bunch of American Philistines. Okay, went to a pub. Philistines from the Philippines. Uh, I went outside with my family, beer in hand, and saw a gentleman wearing a vest and sporting a fairly substantial tattoo on his right arm. I immediately recognized it was the box art from Lionhead's Black and White. I have a video nice. game tattoo myself, and it's nice to have it recognized. So I approached the chap and asked if he was a fan. The tattoo parlor he'd visited had the image posted on one of their walls, <laughs> and he decided it looked interesting in a tribal kind of way. He had no idea what it actually was. Somewhere in the UK, there's a guy who's accidentally and permanently advertising himself as a huge geek, and he has no idea. I don't know. I think maybe only huge geeks will think that that guy's a huge geek so huge geek really with matter. kind of questionable taste 
Well, it, do, mean, it does mean that geeks are going to come up to him for the rest of his life and say, hey, I know that box art. I uh, There was a waiter at a place that I used to drink at in maybe 2001, 2002, who had a tattoo on his arm of the Cheshire cat from the box art for American McGee's Alice. Yeah. And it was because he was actually just a fan of the game. Oh, okay. So that that was for real, at least. There's a Thai restaurant in Berkeley that has a framed poster of, I mean, at first it looks like a poster of Tiger Woods, which is one thing, but it's actually a, like the PGA Tour 2010 box art. So it's got the EA logo in the corner. It's it's kind of weird, but they, but they put like, they tastefully put plants in front of it. So you, you have to kind of look closely to see the EA logo. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, looking at that, looking at that, it does totally look like just some generic tribal art. I, I couldn't remember it out of the, like out of my mind. Oh, it didn't have like an anthropomorphic cow. No, it's, got, it's like, it's like a, to do what you say, a dragon and a person sort of in the top and bottom of a figure. Did he, did oh, he I send see. a picture of the tattoo or something? No, I just, I just did a Google search. Oh, for I see. Yeah. Black and white game box art. That game, you know, it could have been worse. <laughs> Damning with faint praise. <laughs> I, I remember training the creature to throw its poop in the food supply, which is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Friend of I kind of wanted to not have the creature. I, like, I yeah. enjoyed the god game elements of it, but the creature just seemed to get in the way. Friend Was of mine creature- accidentally killed his creature by training it to not poop. Oh, perfect. Huh. Oh man, did it just get a distended abdomen and explode? I, I'm not sure what happened. I didn't see it personally. He just told me about it. Well, it's like it sounds trying, like Zach has figured out how to play the to game poop then. In the village, and instead just trained it to not poop entirely. <laughs> nice. Man, I wish I could train myself to do that. Yeah, you I could. Like, if I just had to like mail something somewhere once a week, and that's how I got rid of body waste, <laughs> <laughs> just teleport it out of you. Yeah, into like a, into a box addressed to you. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Addressed to my enemies. Just put it under your bed. No, sure no. Knows. You could just have, you know, when we eventually get our Patreon set up or whatever, you could just alternate between everybody who's at that support <laughs> tier. <laughs> yeah. I will mail you a box of my teleported shit. Yeah. Oh, man. Good. It also turns into cupcakes as part of the teleporting. But like, if we're if we're assuming teleportation, let's just go all the way here. Okay, that's how they know it's teleported. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna buy cupcakes. What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, some guy on the internet says, "Hey, video game meat stick guys, I was wondering what y'all think of Matthew's Scootnik's games, Daymare Town, Submachine, etc. I oh. play I play them every time I see one. Yeah, I." I played i think all of the submachine games unless there's been one fairly recently they're like hand-drawn looking they're on congregate yeah. a lot they're like hand-drawn yeah. looking room escape games that are that are really like are neat. they multi-room yes situations yeah, yeah. they're I, not i guess they're not really room escape games they're, they're like, just like little, puzzly they're like puzzly adventure games yeah you. there's always some weird machine that you gotta i i've i have definitely played some submachine game or two i just don't remember very well it's been a long time um i thought they were pretty good though I don't think I've heard of this. Yeah. Do you ever go to Congregate? Uh, occasionally, when linked to it. 
Mm. I just go there every once in a while and play whatever the hot new is. Sure, okay. yeah. For a long time, before David Serlin's like fighting game card game thing came out on there, oh, okay. and when Congregate was initially like kind of pimping its like leveling up system by every week or whatever, there was a challenge, like a badge to earn in a game that would unlock a card for this game. Uh, and before I sort of understood that the game was not at all interesting to me, I would go like every week and play whatever badge. game. And so I just played a lot of random things to like to the sort of extent that it took to get the easy badge if it was a game that I didn't super like. But it like exposed you to a lot of different genres of flash games. Yeah. Right. At least, which was was interesting. And I don't know, it's still like a thing if I'm bored on the internet, I will I will occasionally like I bet if I typed K into my browser, it would know what I was talking about. Just going to congregate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. If I type KK, it knows that I want to go to KKK.org. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that would be a non-profit organization, wouldn't it? Yep. I wonder if they are non-profit. I don't think you have to be a non-profit to get a .org. Yeah, I think they're... they're yeah. We have a non-profit uh, that is a .org. Yeah, that might have been enforced. CGPsociety.org, like the organization that puts on ZapCon, <laughs> April 18th and 19th, the Mesa Convention Center in Mesa, Arizona. Woo! Bring your friends, bring your family. And the same day as my mom's birthday. Woo! Yeah, bring Jim's mom to say happy birthday to her. Ah, man, remember when that guy told me we didn't pimp ZapCon enough? No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Haterade says, mouse over for eternity, colon, or just press the highlight key default is tab, made better by using caps lock. This wait. will make it so NPC health and the names of people in towns, etc. Wait, 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 what? Mouse over for what? I don't know. You can toggle. Apparently, if you toggle tab view to be on all the time, it also shows all NPC health bars uh, no. for enemies. No, it doesn't. What do you mean by health bars? Like they're they're little. What I was complaining about was in. Oh the, yeah, was that the health bars for enemies weren't the five. Visible. Well, the five star thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that is visible almost all the time. Okay, when you have the when you have that when you're always in detective mode. Yeah, I've uh, I just walked away from it after it was the assignment. I I continue to play a little yeah, bit. Of it. We can talk about that saying, later, yeah. I guess. But yeah. Uh, Jeff says, doesn't literally every video game with something worth looking up have a psychotically detailed wikia these days? Pillars of Eternity definitely does. It, yeah, that I, was something that came up in the, the show notes thread. And yes, that was like, yes, that, that happens a lot to me where I'll look for information about a game and, and get useful information out of that game's wikia. But often there are shitty wikias. There really are. Right. There, and, and it might just be based on population density or something. Like yeah, I, I, I also the popularity of a game amongst the kind of people who would pour a lot. Like, I feel like part of the reason that KOL has such a good wiki is that KOL is the kind of game that attracts the kind of person that, like, say, really cares about words and resource management and collating right. information to try to maximize things. Because you end up yeah. making a bunch, you know, like if you're if you're playing the meta game of KOL, you make a bunch of spreadsheets and stuff anyway. So you have all this information. Why not share it with the world? <clears throat> and the reason that. Fallen London's wikis are all garbage. I don't know. Is I don't know. I, I really I, mean, I think, think a lot of the reason that Fallen London's because, wikis are like, bad is because they don't let people post text from the game to wikis, and so oh, yeah, yeah. almost you, you could almost recreate KOL from the KOL wiki because it's it's got a lot of the text of the game in there. Right. I I wonder. Um, if does you know if Wikia just automatically creates a Wikia for every game? 
if you just go to something.wikia, doesn't it just create it? No. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I guess it, it probably doesn't surprise me at all. You, yeah. I mean, so really, wikia just creates an empty wiki for every string. <laughs> uh, Ernie R says, when was the last time you guys played through Diablo 3? It's changed quite a lot since I last remembered you talking about it, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts, especially since it seems like their variable mana systems influence KOL skills revamp, e.g. Fury for Barbarians and Seal Clubbers. It's a good time to start in on the next week or so because a new season is starting. Last time a new season started, I was like, all right, cool, I'm going to do this, and I made a new guy that was the new class that came out in the expansion, and then I played for, like, 15 minutes, and I was like, I don't really know why I started this season <laughs> like i don't know what it means i don't know yeah, what, what you get for what it or is whatever what is a season i think their ladder like oh, like for basically PvP? every decision they made that was at all no. different from diablo 2 they eventually reneged on huh. and just patched diablo 2 into diablo 3 were there any benefits for getting to the top of the ladder I, don't, I mean, you could reach things on high shelves. You can repair your shingles. Right. Oh, it cures your shingles. <laughs> There's a guy coming to the office to cure the shingles. There. You can get a shot. No, he's salting them <laughs> to preserve them. <laughs> mm. oh, but he has to climb a ladder first. Well, sure. How are you going to get the salt up there? Yeah. So sense. if someone is salting the earth, are they just really trying to save it? Yeah, from yeah, later. Yeah. Also, it makes it taste better. Huh. Yeah, your mud pies. You get a savory mud pie. Okay. Like for a shepherd. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, wikias. Why would you need a ladder? Uh, Diablo, Diablo deathmatch. Diablo ladders, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I recognize that a lot of people are like, oh, Diablo 3 finally doesn't suck. You should play it now. But I really liked it when it came out and was pretty happy with all of the changes that they made to it. And and I didn't need them to so they've, they've undo changed all their innovations. The loot system. They've. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to ask, what's I mean, what's different about it in single player now? I mean, I think it's new. It like. We're aware of those changes. We have played it since the big changes from launch. I mean, like, basically, the changes to the loot system went from this is a simulation to this is a Skinner box that is tailored to make you happy. So it just... Which is honestly... It's fine. Probably an That's okay decision for an entertainment product. Sure. Right? Sure. Because... I mean, I, I like I don't want to get all Raf Coster in here, but like I can it's appreciate it was not a worldy game. Though. No, but the things that did make it world worldy worldly were the things that people bitched about, right? Like you just don't you don't get rare items that you can't use anymore. Right. That just doesn't happen. And people will say, "Well, fuck my why would you want that?" It's like, well, because it's a multiplayer game is why you want that, right? And I liked that about it. And, you know, we played all the way through Diablo 3 when it came out, and we liked it, and we had fun. And we weren't in the chorus of people who was like, this sucks, you need to make this more like Diablo 2, so that we trying to trade with other players, you constantly together at all. We just We all played it single player. Didn't we ever play co-op? I thought we played some co-op. I don't remember playing much, much if any. Hmm. I played a little, little co-op with randos, but eh, it didn't seem that much more fun to me than playing solo yeah yeah i mean yeah, it wasn't i don't know i just kind of feel like something was lost when 
they did the thing where it's like, all right, well, I guess if you weren't happy about this, public will just make you happy. Like, we'll just manipulate you into being happy by tuning this system to, like, maximize dopamine delivery schedule, which, like, I don't think that's better, necessarily. Like, I don't think it's inherently better. I think it is cheap. But if, okay, if we can take heroin and make it even better for people, (laughs) right? Like, put vitamins in it? No, 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 not, not like... Yeah, I mean, I think the more you can make a video game, like, noted and clear social good heroin. heroin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right, but that's how entertainment well, products should be. Because it's not, it's not the heroin that's the problem, it's all the, like, associated social ills, right? Heroin, by all accounts, is just yeah, like awesome. fucking real money auction house that you gotta get all your heroin at. Right. <laughs> and people, people in the <laughs> real world want money for it. Yep. I don't know. Did you ever play any Diablo 3, Jim? A little bit. I played it uh, when it came to 360, and I finished it, but, like, immediately forgot about it. Yeah, that was post-Loot 2.0, and I would argue that maybe, like, they have made a game that is better for the first, like, three hours. Then you play through it, and it has a steady drip of legendaries that it gives you that you can be excited about. But then that's like all it is, and well, I didn't get very excited about it. So were you? Were you excited about job. Diablo Two? It was okay. I really liked Torchlight, oddly okay. enough. Huh. And, um, and Diablo Two was. I, I liked Diablo Two specifically because, like, I it was that sort of thing except multiplayer, and I was hoping Torchlight Two would be great, but that didn't really catch for me either. Torchlight 1, I just found, like, staggeringly boring. Interesting. Like, I recognize that in Diablo, you're really just playing the same room over and over again. But in Torchlight, you're literally just going through the same room over and over yeah, again. Yeah, like the, 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 the procedural generation in Torchlight was real obvious. Yeah, it was not, like, it was definitely built from clear, like, puzzle pieces. Yeah, and, and like, the quests were... And not very many of them. Yeah, no. and, and like, and some of them were, like, some of them had puzzles in them, and you were, like, you ended up solving the same puzzle over and over again. It's not, not very... And, and also the, like, Diablo, even Diablo 1, like, I felt like the different areas that you were in just had personality, sort mm-hmm. of, you know? It's like you start out in catacombs that could potentially be under a church, and then below that you're in some caves, and then below that you're, I don't remember, you're in hell, I I guess. I never really played Diablo 1, but Diablo 2, it was really hard for me to get into the theming of it because the art was so, like, it was that style of pre-rendered pixelated art that just doesn't, it's, it didn't even look good back in the day, and it doesn't, certainly doesn't hold up now. Yeah, I mean the character models were 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 like Donkey Kong Country style, like pre-rendered sprites, right? Was the background art not that? <sighs> Maybe it was. Diablo three, at least, like the the paintings, the background paintings are really nice. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty. But you know, it didn't feel like the it it felt a little more homogenous. I mean, and that's also part of the like bleak tone of it is that it's if you're not allowed to use any bright colors. You're gonna end up with a pretty homogenous, did you grim dark environment? Ever get to the top of a tower in Pillars of Eternity that had 
the city down below sort of blurry in the distance. Mm-mm. I was, I was, I, I got there and I was like, oh, that kind of reminds me of that cool rampart section of Diablo oh, 3. Diablo 3, yeah. I mean, I didn't like that part of Diablo 3, but at least it's a part and it has a flavor and it has a voice. You didn't like it because of what? I, d- I don't. You don't like running around on ramparts? I do, but I don't enjoy like, oh, there's a huge battle going on below you that's important, except it is absolutely not important in the way the mechanics of the game are communicating with you. Like, that always just falls really flat on me. Like, I don't like... So you're not actually having some sort of impact on the art that's happening? It's not having any impact on you, I think, is the more... Like... It's it's in like instead of there being spooky mist in a graveyard behind me, there are thousands of assholes hitting each other with swords. Right. And it's like for whatever reason, things where the mood is like, oh, you're on a huge battlefield, just don't do anything for me the way that huh. like huh. the way that like solitude does. Right, like being in a cave you, where the environmental factors are like water dripping, and you know, you, you'd you, rather like, be in space by yourself than in the middle of some sort of crazy space battle. Yeah, I don't know. Well, especially I mean, when just, the space battle is just scenery. Yeah, that's the thing. I think the fact that it is just scenery is what makes it not. It's like this is trying to. It's trying to have more sort of heft than it's earning. Did you ever play Alterac Valley in World no, of Warcraft? I don't think so. I mean, all I did was uh, fish. Okay. <laughs> that's smart. That's the way to play that game. Yeah. Because uh, that's like, you know, I feel like that was a an early attempt by Blizzard to make a sort of giant sort of RTS. Yeah, it was like the Warcraft with, in World of Warcraft, right? But yeah. it was sort of Dota-y, right? Like you, Kinda. because you were spawning NPCs that would then run towards the NPCs that the other guys were spawning. But yeah. I mean, nobody actually played with it like that. I don't think it, they did on occasion. It it so varied. When, back when games of it were taking twenty hours. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was pretty great. <laughs> you could leave, go like get lunch, and then come back to the game and log in, and so then many fish. Still get no, you wouldn't stay in the game, but you could like leave a particular instance of it and then come back and it would still be the same people fighting. Oh man, would you go to that place where we used to get the pasta over by your house in Boston? Yes. And then they made fun of me because I asked for pasta pasta. I asked for uh, meatballs in my Alfredo pasta, right. and he was like, "That's not a thing." I'm like, just, <laughs> just fucking sell it to me. What the like? Fuck you. <laughs> I didn't actually say that. And I'm like, I'm like, no, come on. Like, it's good. You should try it sometime. He's like, all right, I'll do it. But that's weird. And then I got the pasta home and he didn't, they hadn't put any fucking meatballs in it. (sighs) Assholes. Oh, wow. They just lied to you. Yeah. Fuck those guys. Damn. I probably just couldn't bring himself to do it. You know, he's like, (laughs) I mean, I'll take your money, but (laughs) yeah, you're not good. I'm not going to give you the balls you paid for. What they More questions. like the moral thing for that guy to do, like if he didn't believe in it, he should have given you like, okay, here's a cup of meatballs, go ruin it yourself. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Matthew says the moth hummingbirds bugs sound like hummingbirds. I've encountered them in my yard, and Whoa. more than their appearance, size, or behavior, it's the loud buzzing sound they make that cinches their similarity to hummingbirds. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Not really a question, says Caro, but on the mobile version of 868 hack, if you hold your finger on a wall, there's hover text that tells you what the program it does, it contains does and how much money slash energy it costs to pri- uh, to activate, to private. That's what I was about to say. Huh. Uh, I've only played the mobile version, so I can't compare it to the PC one, but the game is great and I wouldn't found it. I wouldn't have found it without this podcast. Thanks. Oh, well, wow. Yeah, thank you. Um, the more money we can put in Michael Bros pockets, the more, better I feel about the world. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to keep buying it on every platform it comes out on. I want there to be a daily challenge. I'll buy it again. You put a daily challenge in, Michael. He doesn't listen to this podcast. Probably not. Um, have you guys been playing any video games? I played some Pillars of Eternity. Yeah? You sticking with that? Yeah. I, I continued to play into Act 2 a little bit. Um, mess around in Defiance Bay or whatever. Did you go into the catacombs? I think so. Is that where the Temple of Woe is? Yeah, you're trying to get to the Woe. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that was, that was kind of cool. Like, combat is still kind of frustrating and the interface is still kind of frustrating, but I, I just kind of got into the game and I've, I want to know what the story is. You know, it's, it's compelling enough. The, the writing is good in spots and sort of okay in other spots. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested and I really am enjoying having a big party where I level up and I get a bunch of news. I enjoy having a big party too. Yeah. I have a big party and everybody brings new presents, but like every, like every level or two, you get a bunch of cool new things, especially with all the spellcasters. And that's a lot of fun is like getting all these new. I just, I just encountered a, uh, a druid and they have just like a ton of additional new skills. That's pretty great. So I've got a priest, a druid and a, wizard in my party and i always found that when i the priest spells i didn't like he had a thousand things that he could do and none of them were of any interest to me at all all really useful but they don't seem like it so like because you can do it you can debuff the enemies and buff your party and those are really actually really really beneficial but it just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't like well it doesn't sell itself sound fun Yeah. yeah that's I guess that's true of a lot of things. You need that flashy factor. It's weird how the the abilities that are per rest are... I'm so much less likely to use those than the, the stuff that's per encounter. Like, I, I, I'm always afraid that I'm going to need this later. For well, it's like using the really good first-person shooter ammo. Yeah, or, like yeah. Po- or just potions. potions. Yeah. yeah. Like, I still have a bunch of potions that I've never used... I've just been collecting them because, you know, someday I might really need them. <sighs> yeah, I mean, you know, like, what do you do? That's that's kind of an intractable problem of human psychology is, yeah. like, loss aversion means that anything that is... Like, if you make something scarce because it is powerful, you are gonna butt up against people's unwillingness to do anything what i have been doing is basically i don't sleep for like three days of game time and by that point i get this like crazy serious uh fatigue and so then i end up using all of the spells to combat the fact that i am super weak now (laughs) (laughs) so that works um, out can never sort of figure out it took me a long time to figure out like why do these people keep yelling at me about about being tired and stuff and it's like oh because they're all fatigued yeah Oh, right. And I know that because there is a five by five pixel icon next to their tiny. I fought some monster and the game bugged out somehow. Uh, One of my characters is permanently blind. Oh, are you sure that's I mean, that's realistic. It 
it does not actually... Well, so here's the other weird thing about it. It is not actually... When you select that person, the screen goes black. Yeah, that'd be funny. <laughs> oh, uh, great. The, uh, it does not actually provide any negative... Like, there's nothing about it. It's just oh, the little blindness good icon. Blind. Shows up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. They're like, they're like Stevie Wonder blind. They're not like bum, bum on the corner, <laughs> rattling a cup of pencils blind. They're like Daredevil uh, blind. I played, mm, I played a couple of... Like uh, Paul Atreides blind. Yeah. A couple of iOS games. Uh, have you guys played this game Ultra Flow? Huh. No. Uh, it is sort of a weird combination of kind of a dexterity reflex puzzle and um, sort of dexterity sort of reflex game and like a puzzle game. There's like these designed levels. Uh, I kind of like the sort of visual aesthetic of the game. It's very simple and straightforward. Um, and you sort of flick uh, like a puck, like an air hockey style into the play field and it bounces around and it has to get to the goal before it runs out of bounces and sort of explodes or whatever. Um, and the levels get more and more complicated. There get to be more and more sort of mechanics that it uses and it starts adding different, different features, but it's, it's nice. It's, it sounds like a, like a nice, simple. Yeah. It's super straightforward. It's something you can pick up for five minutes and play, or you could play it for half an hour. Um, I don't know how many levels there are that, that I played it for maybe an hour and there's like, I'm like 50 levels in or something. Did you guys ever play Amazing Breaker? Uh, I don't think so. Did you not like that? I did not like that game. We talked about it several times. and On I the c- podcast? Maybe? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because that's the stained glass style thing. Yeah. Mm. I think the problem I have with it is you get a score at the end, which is like the amount of glass you've broken or something. It's been a while. It's been like a year or two since I played it. And but it requires you to play like perfectly to yeah. get the maximum score and you can't bring yourself to not yep. be yeah. perfect. Um, but a game that I got uh, that I pl- got and played that I uh, really liked uh, was Tiny Dangerous Dungeons. Uh, it is like a bite-sized Castlevania, not bite-sized sort of Metroidvania, hmm. um, which is just super great. I, I wish I wish there were more of these because it's just a little guy wandering around a dungeon collecting power-ups uh you know platforming god i wish there were more puzzles video games about wandering around dungeons and i know right <laughs> but i know but like it took about an hour to finish right that's that's great um i want more bite-sized stuff that's just play it enjoy it and Ooh, what about a bite-sized vampire game Ooh. Uh, you know what would be good did you ever play the old um uh, LucasArts, was it Indiana oh, like Jones Yoda desktop adventures? adventures? Yeah, or Yoda Adventures. It yeah. Yeah. Like the little sort of Star Wars of roguelikes. Yeah, there was like, yeah, there was the Star Wars one and the uh, Indiana Jones one. Those I've would be really I've heard good. good. I've iPad heard good apps. things about them and they seem like a thing that I would really enjoy, but I just don't know how to play them at this point. Yeah, yeah. It would be yeah, similar yeah, to, what was the, what was that adventure game set in medieval Japan that we played? That was uh, you needed Windows three point one for anyway. It would oh, be like right. that, oh, gee, yeah, because it was a Windows three point one game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's nothing stopping Windows three point one apps from running. Whoa! <laughs> I wonder if that was that was recorded for the audience or not. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was like somebody suddenly cut our Skype call in half with a katana. <laughs> <laughs> um, was that just your black and white website <laughs> making a noise? Hey, hey, are you still are you still paying attention to black and white? It's still pretty cool. <laughs> I stopped playing black and white. What? Like I bought it when it came out, and I was pretty excited about it. And I had I was visiting my parents, and I installed it on my dad's computer. And I played through the tutorial, which took like three hours. Wow. Like the first level of the campaign was the tutorial, and it took like three hours. And then when I got back home and installed it on my own computer, I realized there was no way to skip the three-hour tutorial. And I just couldn't bear the thought of playing it again. Wow. And so I just never played the rest of the game. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's too bad. Yep. That's tutorials in a nutshell. Oh, the other way you could probably play... Indiana Jones and his desktop adventures is wait for the archive.org DOSBox emulator to just oh, to have get it. to Windows oh, yeah. 3.1. Yeah. yeah. That, I have a feeling that Disney might not let that slide. Yeah, I, I've been wondering about, like, question. Are, do they have a plan for when companies that actually start giving a shit take legal action? I mean, it's probably to take it, just take stuff down. Right? Probably, yeah. There was that ESA yeah. ruling today that was worried. I mean, it wasn't really a ruling. It was just a like a statement to it was a just stance, like yeah. a stance. The, yeah. the, the the issuance of a stance. Yeah. About not wanting people to play old games because it's ha- hacking is hacking. Regardless well, of- no, I mean, I think it was just not like it is like murky legal territory right like yeah abandonware is weirdly totally but that's but that is specifically why people are asking for clarification of the legal rules yep so that people can do things like have like i mean like you can't stop the signal man like (laughs) nothing nothing is going to stop these things from being preserved but it does suck that like delegitimizing it means that it's harder for like way harder museums to it's impossible right like a museum just couldn't legally show something which that i think that is an impediment to it being preserved the weird thing though is like who presses charges against them for exhibiting a thing that no longer has a publisher because the the point is like things that are no longer published somebody with a bug up their ass against the oh there's nobody there's nobody who could right it's one of those things where it what the what stops you is the chilling effect of like you're worried that there might be somebody who there might be somebody out there who still has and still cares about the rights and you're worried about this hypothetical person suing you and so then you don't do anything with the property yeah I don't know. That doesn't seem like the kind of thing that a video game archivist would do. They're just going to like, they're going to chill with some old school video games and some dank nugs. That's the only (laughs) chilling effect they're concerned about. Yeah, well, notably the maid uh, only really deals with, so the the maid, I should specify, this is a video game museum that I volunteer at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're, look, my cleaning lady will only clean the Atari cartridges. <laughs> she, she won't. She only stocks uh, console games. Like the the maid, like they they have PC games, but they never really exhibit them. So the, the and the console games that they have are they tend to be like the cartridges, which is something that's a little bit more clear cut in terms of property rights. Right. 
Which is weird because there's not really a fundamental difference. There's right? not, but like property law knows how to deal with a physical object. Even if it doesn't actually make more sense. But it's not, I mean, a CD is, a, I mean, like, I see your point, but like floppy disks are a physical object in basically the exact same way that a cartridge is. Like, you you didn't used to be able to copy a cartridge, but you certainly can now. Yeah, that's true. Right? There there exists hardware to do that, and it's not that expensive to do. It's like I, not... And I actually don't know why they don't really deal in PC games. It might just be that we don't care as much about it. Yeah. You know, PC games are easier to... I mean... I would argue that it's easier to play Atari games on a PC now than it is on an Atari. I definitely agree with that. You know, uh, you know where you can play a lot of Atari games on genuine Ataris? <laughs> ZapCon, April 18th and 19th, Mesa Convention Center, Mesa, Arizona. Come one, come all. What to you this need extravaganza to do, of arcade ma- games and pinball machines. What you need to do is take all these mentions of ZapCon and then paste them into earlier versions of the po- earlier episodes of the podcast. Oh, yeah, so we can advertise back in time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, what, Jesus, what we should do is start asking for money. And then paste that into all the earlier episodes of every podcast, and then suddenly we'll be millionaires from the compound interest. <laughs> Even if we only got a dollar in 2003, <laughs> we'd be billionaires from the compound interest. that's how that works. Well, it depends if you invested it in bitcoins or not. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I saw some Reddit story about somebody buying a pizza for 500 bitcoins, which today is worth $5 million. Right. And I thought, oh, that was, there was no, 10,000, it was 10,000 bitcoins. It was at 10,000 bitcoins. Yeah. Yeah. And well, then it wasn't right. If I remember right, it was like, it was worth $5 million at the peak of the Bitcoin value. Now it's much mm. less. Friend of mine made uh, a fair amount of money, a decent chunk of money, <laughs> uh, selling kingdom of loathing meat for bitcoins. <laughs> <laughs> Friend of yours, huh? Yep. <laughs> Tell us about this mansion you're living in in uh, in Portland. Yeah, the, the mansion you're living in the basement of. It didn't seem like that BSMNT on your address is, was legit. You just you just put that in so that we'll believe that, so that you're living think, in a basement yeah, instead yeah. of a instead of a house made of solid Bitcoin. Solid. Wait, you, you, your address has a basement in it. Well, I yeah, I live, BSMNT. Yeah, I live in the basement. So or BSMT. Yeah, but you don't have to tell people that. No, but I mean, eh, it it's helps. a multi-unit dwelling, yeah. right? Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I don't actually have a separate mailbox, so it probably doesn't really matter. But I yeah. Do, so I do at that point, anyway. like you, they're just like the people who don't live in the basement are lording it over you by making you put basement on the mail. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, sorry, if it doesn't, it doesn't say basement, so we don't know who this goes to. Yeah, do they require <laughs> you to tell everybody that your middle name is Scumbag? <laughs> um, is that all you played, Kevin? Uh, I also played. Do you remember that uh, the game with the red and blue dots? Maybe it wasn't red and blue. Uh, oh, called Oh Hi. Oh, okay. yeah. I remember. Oh uh, no, I don't think I ever. Did you played play Oh No? Hi. Their new. Game. I just I just played Oh No, which oh, is the new. relatively new yeah. version yeah. of it. Uh, which I think you would like because it doesn't have that sort of the the problem that you had with 
uh, Ohio is like having to keep track of all the rows and columns being different. From yeah, like the one rule being all uh, like a column is never the same as any other column. Yeah. That just made it to made it such that the next logical step was often just a bunch of really boring like checking counting comparison. things yeah. yeah and oh oh no does not suffer from that problem at all that's everything is localized yeah. oh no is really good i've had that on my it's phone really good for quite a while yeah i tried to play it a little bit but i didn't really understand the rules it's just you're you are looking to see how many blue dots a particular dot can See, and that's the thing. I didn't know what that meant. It's just all the ones that are adjacent and contiguous until it hits a red dot. Okay, right. So a a a blue dot that says one and it has one blue dot in between it and the next red dot, and then it's surrounded by red dots on all on three other sides. Yeah. Okay. Because it has it can only have one dot neighbor. Two could be two dots next to it on one side or one on two sides. Oh, right, and so on. So it's just a it's just a zero H H one. Zero H N zero. Oh. Zero H H one was the other game. Yeah, that was Ohio. This is Zero H N zero. Yeah. That game by Notch about programming spaceships. Right. Uh, that's basically that's basically all I played. What about you, Riff? Uh let's see. I've I'm still playing La Mulana and I'll have a lot to say about that. I'm up to six out of eight Guardians killed. Um, I also are, started... are those like the the Triforce pieces in Zelda? Yeah, kind of. It's like these eight bosses that you have to hunt down to activate things in the final area before you can summon the final boss. I guess. And once you kill the eighth one, you're finally done with the tutorial. <laughs> <laughs> I also played a little bit of an old uh, DS game called Flower, Sun, and Rain which was an huh. early game made by Suda51, who did Killer7 and uh, No More Heroes. Uh, it's sort of a, a 3D uh, walking around sort of point-and-click adventure kind of thing. Um, it's it's kind of weird. It's Is there anything like macho and crass about it, or is it just... No, it's, it's kind of the opposite, really. It's, um, it's a lot like... It's it's real it's real mellow and slow and there's a lot of walking and there's a lot of odd characters to talk to. It's like if if someone took a Haruki Murakami novel and made a point and click adventure out of it. Huh. It's 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 got a lot of weird dreamlike stuff in it. The plot is that your your character whose name is Sumio Mondo has has been summoned to this uh resort island. Um, his, his job is a searcher. So like people hire him to find a thing or a person and they've the, the owner of the flower, sun and rain hotel on this Island has, has brought him here because, because of the weird electromagnetic properties of the Island, it's trapped in a time loop where the same day happens over and over, Groundhog Day style. And at the end of the day, a plane takes off from the island airport and then explodes. So Mondo's job is to find the the details of the terrorist plot and find the bomb, thereby... So this is just source code the video game except with a plane instead of a train? Uh, I, I don't know what you're referring to. 
The movie Source Code. Oh, you haven't Code. seen the movie Source Code with Jake Gyllenhaal? Nope. Is it good? By my, it by is. my good friend Duncan yeah, by, yeah, by Kevin's <laughs> Kevin's new BFF, Duncan Jones. <laughs> um, Kevin posted a tweet about his Crossy Road high score, and Duncan Jones replied to it. Retweeted it and then replied to it. Oh, and good. I was like, what? <laughs> so now Kevin has 400,000 Twitter followers. <laughs> It's very weird. Is Duncan Jones a huge Crossy Road fan? I guess so. Yeah, he just has an alert on his phone for every time somebody <laughs> tweets about it. Uh, yeah, no, the movie Source Code, it, it's entirely acceptable hmm. as it's a movie. Good. Its like premise it. is a little eh. a little iffy. But in, in the sense that all time travel stuff is a little iffy. This is really not, it's, yeah... I don't this know. Is, it's, this is just creating alternate. <clears throat> uh, it, basically, it was, basically, Jake Gyllenhaal just keeps being inserted into time. It's in a simulation, yeah, sort of. But it's a simulation that is. It's like a. I don't know, man. A it machine was, that the was, scientist made. That it's one of those movies that tries to justify itself scientifically, but would be better if it didn't. Yeah, mm. yeah. But he's it, just trying to figure out why this train explodes. Right. It, it's very video gamey in the sense of he gets a bunch of, of, of tries to do it. Oh, uh, Jim, I I heard an interview with Ethan Hawke where he said that during the uh, during the making of Predestination, they were joking that the tagline for the film should just be "Go fuck yourself." Yeah, and I thought that was really really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, everyone should just go watch Predestination. If if you don't know anything about it, that's way better. Just watch it. Okay. It's good. You told me that story in response to me telling you a story about we, you know, in uh, in preparation for ZapCon, April 18th and 19th, Mesa Convention Center, Mesa, Arizona, we uh, took some games to uh, this exhibit floor at the Phoenix Film Festival like a couple weeks ago. And there was a poster for a movie that was in the film festival. And the tagline for this movie was, the only way out is of your mind. <laughs> Which <laughs> is like a pretty... It, it is a it is a sentence oh that is bad in a really interesting way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Was, so good. Yeah, it was pretty good. The only way down is and out in Beverly Hills. <laughs> <laughs> the only way up is the creek with no paddle. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, well, you come up with one. Uh, you don't I'm like not my try it. shitty examples. <laughs> I don't think you're going to be able to top the original. Yeah, no, this is good. If you want to watch the movie, uh, the name of it is Clue C L E W. I have no idea what it's about. The poster has a brain and the folds of the brain, like if they did not deliberately make them look like cocks and balls, they definitely really accidentally made them look like cocks and balls. This might just be a joke. This might just not be a real movie, right? No, I looked it up. It has an IMDb page. It does? Okay. Yeah. Well, fine. Yeah. Huh. So do you think that the failure of that game to be a thing that any of us have heard of, Riff, is what caused Suda51 to say, oh, I know what'll get people to pay attention to my games. Like, Violence. People, like, yeah. huge bros, like, well, let's make shitting and jacking off important game mechanics. In this, in this like, oh, how about lightsabers and fucking motorcycles and lightsabers and motorcycles at the same time? Oh, yeah? What about a gun that shoots fucking skulls? What about that? Uh, yeah, that could be. I'd be willing to buy that, actually. 
Hey, it works pretty <laughs> well. And he's just he's just screaming inside because all he wants is to make Proteus. And like <laughs> the only things that people will pay attention to is because yeah, this game is is pretty much the opposite of that. It has like the 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 weird quirkiness and like the occasional uh, like like pixely um interface graphics like he like he likes a lot in no more heroes and things like that but the gameplay is completely different and the tone is completely different what was the one that shadows of the damned or something yeah that's the one I think that was the, the name of it, yeah. skull game gun game um anything else riff uh that's about it i played i played a little bit of rope that kevin talked about oh yeah yeah that's that's pretty good that's a good sitting on the toilet game although i discovered that i should probably not speaking of rope not uh (laughs) i should probably not play games on my phone in the bathroom because then my legs start to hurt and i realize i've been sitting there for 15 minutes yeah Yeah. i'm gonna play some rope while i lay some rope I'm going to play some pipe dream while I lay some <laughs> pipe dream. <laughs> yep, that's been about it. What about you, Jim? Uh, speaking of bathroom games, I've been continuing to play Vice City on my phone. Oh, right. <laughs> it's, it's weird in that, like, I had tried to play it on PlayStation. I bought the PlayStation 3, like, PS2 Classics, whatever you call it disc of it um and i tried to play it with with the dual shock on the playstation 3 and it was pretty unplayable because that's what games were back then but on the phone it they actually it turns out they rebalanced rebalanced a lot of the missions and i'm now further on the phone than i was on the ps3 like the the mission that i was thinking of that i hadn't gotten to when i had said people are just gonna hit a brick wall was um guardian angels which it's a mission that starts with like a pretty difficult, pretty unforgiving uh, manual aim section, followed by a pretty unforgiving um, motorcycle race through alleys. And both of those sections were considerably retuned. Like I think, uh, I think they they rebalanced like the amount of health the person you're protecting has, and also like the speed at which people run from you in chases. Hmm. Because for, like for the app version. That's that's really thoughtful. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, no, it's smart. And I it well I I think the alternative would be that no one could finish this game even on the QA team. <laughs> you know, and what happened was I beat it my first try, but that first try was like 3 minutes of like uh the Benny Hill theme while I tried I kept running into poles while chasing this guy on the motorcycle and he's just staying within range. He's just like, "Oh, I'll slow down so you can catch up to me." And then, oh, no, I'm speeding away because you can't really catch up. Um, and they were similar with the uh, other really difficult missions. I am now, like, I have, like, five properties completed out of the seven you need to unlock the end game, um, which is just nuts. I never expected that I would play the game this much. And the frustrating thing is, it still doesn't really feel that good to play. Like, <laughs> it's... You're sticking with it regardless? I'm sticking with it because the atmosphere is great. Like, the setting is great, and the music is great, and the story Does it is have a- the entire soundtrack? 
Yeah, yeah, it's all on there. And wow, the writing man. is okay. Um, do you remember buying like a 12 CD set that was the Vice City soundtrack, <laughs> right? Like, I never I bought it, but I saw it, yeah. 100 times the size and weight of your phone. And like, <laughs> to yeah. To get yeah. just the soundtrack. Yeah. Well, and I remember noticing that like, if you buy the entire soundtrack, you're paying like three times as much as the game cost. Random access is valuable. It's true. You could just queue up any song you like. Otherwise, you'd have to sit, like if you wanted to just rip it out of the game, you'd have to you'd sit have to in just a car. Sit there, yeah, somewhere where no pedestrians were going to wander by. And say, <laughs> that looks expensive. Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, the the driving still feels like crap because it's on a touch screen. But mm. they just made it easier, so you don't have to drive as well. And I'm still playing Adventure Capitalist. Um, fuck, fuck at, all of you. At this point, <laughs> at this point, I've gotten to the point in the game where, like, I can just look at it once a day and say, "Yep, I'm still. I still haven't gotten enough money to be able to do anything useful and put it back in my pocket." So, they. I don't know if this is true of the mobile version, but on the PC version, they added uh, a moon base that you have to buy. Oh. That's and not that, that's not in the version I have. And it just starts the whole game over. It's like a whole new set of things on the moon. I And it's it's tuned to be much much slower. That's ramp up. That sounds terrible. I'm yeah. never going to do that. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah. I was looking forward to the point where like I could stop playing this game. Um you could just but, stop. You no, could just no. turn it off. You well, just delete it. Here's the thing, like, what they've what what's happened instead is just like I am playing this game with so much less frequency now that like the it's gotten so much slower that it's basically like I've stopped playing it already. They kind of ramp you down in terms of like how much you have to pay attention, just to get you ready for the part of your life where you're not playing adventure capitalist anymore. (laughs) Yep. Okay. They're trying to help. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's for the good of humanity. It's for the children. I played about a half an hour of this game called Attack the Light, which is an iOS uh, RPG based on a Cartoon Network show that I had never Mm -hmm. heard of called Steven Universe, which was apparently a show made by a gal who was like a writer on Adventure Time. Yeah, And it's very, it's got a similar tone to Adventure Time. Um, It's very like... Paper Mario E in its mechanics and it's like just kind of a nice simple RPG where you got guys and they got powers and you got like one decision to make at any given time and then you're kind of moving around some dungeons that are like just one screen per room and you swipe to move and it's real fast and real responsive and there's some hidden secrets and you get a key and you open a lock and there's different colored there's like the enemies are all like Roji Biv colored and you get things that are like, this does more damage against indigo enemies or whatever. And what was this so game's relation to Steven Universe? It's just in the setting. You're oh, okay. Steven Universe, I guess. Yeah. And okay. You have these three, you have these three ladies with like conspicuously different and atypical body types. Yeah. Well, that's actually a big part of like the, the, um, the zeitgeist yeah. about that show. Yeah, it's like, it seems like, you know, there's a character who's kind of a fat girl. Yeah. And none of them, like, none of them really have boobs to speak of. 
but it is, I mean, it's weird. Like that shouldn't be a thing that you notice about a thing. Like, oh, these people are kind of shaped like, like regular, exaggerations regular of people. Yeah. Exaggerations of regular people and what they look like and stuff, you know, but it's like, but it is unusual. Right. right. That's, right. That's worth talking about. It's worth talking about. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I took a swig of beer thinking that somebody else was going to say something. Oh, no. <laughs> so there was just silence punctuated with s- panicked swallowing. Um, I hope we can hear that swallowing on the podcast. I also played a... Uh, oh, boy, I know. Whenever whenever I try to find any silence in any of our tracks to uh, to, to get some room noise for the, for the noise reduction filter, I just noticed that all of us, when we are not talking, are just like... <laughs> smacking our lips and just, like, <laughs> chewing a hundred pieces of gum at a time and just like burping and chuckling under our breath and yeah it's yeah what is, what is this game from your notes m m m r l l yeah it's that's uh that is a, a dance that was done uh by the natives to clue zach mccracken into the sequence in which you're supposed to push some buttons uh, okay. on mars <clears throat> It's one of the puzzles. It's one of the good, good, good puzzles <laughs> are, are Zach just, McCracken video game. Are we just talking about Zach McCracken now? No, no. no. Sorry, I, um, was... I also played this game called War for the Overworld, which is an early access game that is, it is really just a straight up remake of Dungeon Keeper 2. It's been done, like, it seems like they talked to whoever owns Dungeon Keeper and said, how close would we have to get to what you did for you to be able to sue us? And then they went 0.001 back from that. Yeah. And have just made this. It did. Like I watched you for a minute and it seemed, I was, it just I, it, very it was, much seemed like I was playing dungeon. Like the guy, the voiceover is the same. Yeah. Do you guys remember the, the dungeon keeper mobile phone game? Mm-hmm. The, the one that had the horrible backlash from the, yeah. from the fans who wanted to play. I like the, the, most important takeaway from that was that people really want to play another Dungeon Keeper game. So that's probably pretty smart. <laughs> yep. What was this and one And I called? got some uh, War for the Overworld. Okay. It's not a very good name. No. Um, it it seems to be more sort of tower defense Like, I, I really want, and I think we talked about this at the time, I would really have enjoyed playing a good simplified mobile version of a dungeon keeper style game with the level of polish that the EA dungeon keeper had. Like that was actually just, a dungeon keeper game as opposed to a clash of clans clone. Yeah. 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 Me too. Of, a clash of clones. Yeah. Clone yeah. Cause I was not at all interested clashes. in any of the stuff that they were doing. And then it's like, ah, you know, if you want to mine this square, it's $4 or, or four hours. Like, uh. well, and even once you get past that part, oh, it's a PVP game, you know? Yeah. Not, Which is not even a little bit what you want out of right. dungeon keeper, right? right? Like, you know, what I think you want is you want to learn. You want to learn the lessons that you can learn by playing a bunch of good tower defense games. Like, oh, this is a tower defense. Like, Dungeon Keeper should have been a tower defense game. Oh, yeah. Right? Because it kind of is. It's just, it did like all Peter Molyneux games, like, it didn't really know what it was. It was like, oh, here's a bunch of cool things. And I don't really know whether they work together well to make a coherent game experience. Yeah, it's sort of like half real-time strategy game, sort of 
half, half t- a little boy that will make you cry. Yes. <laughs> because your dungeon is so awesome. Like, okay. All right. Like Sim City, but with a giant cow. What does the cow do? He's your buddy. You can tell him where to shit. <laughs> or accidentally uh, uh, tell him not to okay. shit ever. <laughs> okay, I guess, I guess. Um, you know, and then it's like, I feel like the, the points where, the points where that kind of vision fails is where it's like, all right, well, now we need to make this cow and it's, and it's like shit system that we spent eight years of programmer time on somehow relevant to gameplay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, like, Dungeon Keeper had its problems, right? Like it was not it was a cool game, but more than that it was a cool idea, right? Yep. And I don't know that the gameplay really lived up to the potential of the idea, whereas I think that like you could make a game that pulled that off if you simplified it a little bit. And I was really hoping that's what that EA version of the game would be, but mm-hmm. no, it just turned out to be bullshit. And that sucks. Um, I think that's it. I played. I've just been playing a shitload of Hearthstone because that new Hearthstone PVE expansion came out on Thursday. And man, the class challenge for the mage is that mode that I was saying that I wanted, where you have an entire deck that is nothing but that summon random summon creature. a random creature yeah yeah it's cool. so good you can only play it against this one enemy but it is an enemy whose shtick is every turn he summons a legendary like just it might be a random or it might be a specific one every time every turn he just you like just has a legendary creature that has the right mana cost for the amount of mana that he has and so it's just you're playing with this crazy set of random characters and he's playing with just all the really complicated and powerful characters. Wow. Yeah. No, it's super neat. The single player Hearthstone stuff is fucking great. And it doesn't last very long. You know, you play it for an hour and you're done. And you know, it's like, oh, that was $20. And it was like an hour. And like the reason that most of the people playing with it are doing it is so they can get the new cards so that they can use them to pwn noobs in ranked play. But I just really enjoy like, oh, this guy has cards that aren't real cards because they're fucking crazy. Right. You know, but like, ah, what, what would this game be like if this, what would this game be like if that, and that's fucking awesome. Like I want to play everything that falls out of Eric Dodds's imagination, Hmm. whether it's a good game for Hmm. competitive, you know, card game dudes or not. And this is an opportunity to do that kind of thing, which is just, it's just fucking great. It, their model is so ingenious. Like, if it is important for them to get cards into the meta that everybody has access to, like if they need a hard counter for some dominant strategy, they put it in one of these and everyone just gets it right. And then other stuff, more experimental stuff, they can put in the packs of cards and you get some at random and maybe you get them and maybe you don't, you know, and it's, ah, it's so fucking good. It is neat that people are talking about building decks and they're like, yeah, I built this, but I don't actually have three or four of these. So I'm substituting these and, like, yeah, because if you don't, I mean, if you buy enough cards, you'll get dupes and you break them down into that powder and then you can use that to just make any card. But it takes a while. Like, yeah, the, the legendary cards take a lot of that powder to to make. Um, 
but I've, I mean, that's all I've ever done is like get legendaries that decks are built around or every once in a while, a couple epics or, or rares that like that are, that are expensive. It's like, yeah, what else am I going to do with this? You know, I, this seems like a fun deck to play with. I almost have all the cards. I will just build the couple that I don't have if I don't have like a reasonable substitute. Right. Man, it's fun. It's just a good game. Ah, Hearthstone, guys, April 18th and 19th. Mesa Convention Center. <laughs> I'll be playing Hearthstone on an iPad, trying to avoid the press. Um, do we want to talk about the assignment, or do we have news? Is it too late for you to add a Hearthstone room to Zapcon? <laughs> oh, man. To go with it's the not, Atari it's not really a, the a no, Like game. a single-player Hearthstone room. You can't play with each other. Oh, just, There's a room with the chairs. Yeah. You can just bring your iPad. Okay, there you go. Yeah. The Hearthstone Lounge, the Hearthstone Inn, just in there. Welcome to my inn! To everyone who walks in. <laughs> That's going to be really... The only way in is of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> so Zach McCracken and the Alien Mindbenders. I, mm, I tried to just follow a walkthrough. Yeah. And when I got to the, like... I'm not even fucking kidding. The fifth bullshit maze. <laughs> I just couldn't do it anymore. And then I just watched a, a playthrough of it. There was an hour past the like hour and a half into it that I was, almost all of which was dedicated to navigating the sixth and seventh bullshit mazes. Wow. <laughs> like... Wow, and that was somebody who knew what they were doing. Yeah, there's all this back and forth. The walkthrough that I was reading, it was like, nobody has any idea how this fucking maze works. Just wander around. (laughs) If you're at the airport, start over. If you get back to the airport, start over. Just wander around until you end up at a village. Wander around until you end up at a pyramid. And then some of the mazes actually have maps online, but, God, this is a thing that, like, you shouldn't even do once in an adventure game just like well yeah i'm it's it's i guess they didn't in know terms that. of adventure games yeah it's re- relatively recent that that mazes have become well forbidden. relatively like relatively like the mid 90s yeah yeah well i mean they were still doing it like every infocom game had a maze yeah but that was all in the 80s i mean was the, it like my sense of timelines isn't I also good. think that Infocom like they learned their lesson in like the late 80s and, and stopped putting that stuff in there like I, I don't mean, I don't remember mazes being in like detective or bureaucracy bureaucracy there's just a maze of red tape am I right yeah that's yeah. kind of what it is yeah yeah um but yeah man the I really like the tone of this game I really like it's sense of humor. I like that it's like, oh, this is just a game about a tabloid reporter. Right. And the content of this game is just tabloid tropes. It dates it a little because there's no Bat Boy, right? So <laughs> it's it's before that. So you have to really, like, it's all about, like, oh, Elvis is still alive and is an alien. And Atlantis is a thing. And Cydonia is, uh, you know, an actual face instead of just... uh Paridolia, however you pronounce that, it sounds right. Where you, where you see faces in giant carved alien faces <laughs> on Mars. Um, 
Uh, but man, I got about as far as I got when I was a kid, just dicking around and, and poking into things. And then I started following the walkthrough and it's like, well, I can see why I liked it as a kid because there's a lot of stuff to do. Like you can accomplish a lot of things and get a lot of messages about things and pick up a lot of items and do a lot without really knowing what you're doing. Yeah. There's a lot of puzzles with multiple solutions. I like that. There is a, oh, another thing that dates this game as being categorically pre-September 11th is the amount of shit that you get away with on an airplane without uh, <laughs> and the ease with which you can shot. get through an airport uh, yeah the amount of leg room on those planes am I right there's that, multiple puzzles where you have to just go vandalize something to keep an authority <laughs> figure off your back while you steal something <laughs> the, the air the airplane and airport stuff was kind of what where I just ran out of steam which is relatively early in the game but like I didn't really know where to go and I just kept flying to different cities and like Miami was just closed and like I was like what does that mean that it's it was just a joke or does that mean that I'm supposed to go there later or no, like no there's part you have to get you have to you have to get the key to Miami <laughs> you have to buy the book from the Hari Krishna like fucking Hari Krishna is in airports that is also an extremely dated reference yep. like I, anyone in an airport like yep. except angry people who are about to get cavity searched modern fly what's the deal with the airport so you have to buy the book from the Hare Krishna and then you have to give it to the bum in the airport in Miami and he will give you his whiskey and then he will start dancing around and playing a tambourine that you can't see uh, and then you have to give the whiskey to the guard at Stonehenge so that he will pass out so that you can turn off the electric fence so that you can then do the insane puzzle that no one would ever figure out to like refuse refuse <laughs> the two uh halves of the yellow crystal wow. that you've gotten from uh not Katmandu you go to Katmandu to learn how to use the blue crystal to possess animals wow and then you have to go to the other thing that starts with K that I can't remember uh and possess a bird in order to possess the bird you have to have used the monkey wrench on the pipes under your sink and then fed the french bread into your garbage disposal to make breadcrumbs because that's the what? way to get breadcrumbs <laughs> wow it 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 is it is crazy how video game bullshit this video game is. There's like these natives do a dance for you and you have to ignore the dance until the end where they bob their heads in a sequence and know that you need to write that down so that later when you get to a door on Mars with three buttons on it, that you press those three buttons in the sequence that the natives bobbed their heads. Wow. And does that vary from playthrough to playthrough? Yeah, I think it does. In the walkthrough, it was like, you have to write it down. Wow. Yeah. And they said, pay attention, because if you want us to do this dance again, you'll have to pay for it. It Wow. It also has, like, you have that money balance that you can run out of, and I don't know what happens then. Like, yeah. You just have to start over. It takes hours to play through this, even if you know exactly what you're doing. It is crazy. It is crazy. I had no idea. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <sighs> this is the sort of, like, playing this game made me realize I might actually not like Thimbleweed Park very much at all. Just <laughs> Yeah. Because, like, I just, I, I played it for, like, an hour, 
and then I went to a walkthrough for another hour, and it just did not take at all. Uh, and part of it was just I didn't really care for the the writing and the setting. Although oddly enough, like it, given that it's set in San Francisco, you'd think I'd be more interested in that. Like I would be all over a GTA game set in San Francisco. But it, it's definitely like it's this is one of the the adventure games that is not considered a classic. Mm-hmm. You know. And hmm. I, even the classics are hard to go back to these days. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I just this is one that I owned as a kid, and so it has I have some affinity for it. I played the EGA version instead of the FM Towns version. Learning what FM Towns was like two weeks ago, <laughs> right. and this is like, oh, this is the FM Towns version of this game. Of course it is. What yeah. is that, FM Towns? That thing that is totally a thing that people know about. <laughs> that was that was that was a little disconcerting when booting up the game. It's like, which version of this do you want to play? And I'm like, I don't know. So I had to quit, and go read what these were. Right. It's like, I guess I want the FM Towns version because that's the like souped up graphics or whatever. I played the EGA one because while the graphics were better on the FM Towns version, I thought the art was worse. And it made it even harder to figure out which things in the environment were things that you could interact with. Right. Yeah, it was it was like painted over in 256 colors. And I, I thought the EGA version looked better. And the sound in the FM Towns version was really like it, it grated on me for some reason. Yeah, the sound was not very good in the EGA version. Like when you are on the street where the pawn shop and the artifact society and that neon sign that's just that, that, <laughs> wow, that, all the time, and you hear that for like a long time before you see what's doing it. Why? <laughs> Why was that doing that? Like what? Uh, that's realistic. Yeah. This like this barbershop is closed, but our blinking neon sign is still plugged in. To, we were just using the neighbor's electricity, away. and it's yeah, it's got a <laughs> klaxon to let you know that we're stealing the neighbor's electricity. You um, you can get a bunch of money by so there's some loose boards under the rug in your bedroom, and you can try to pry them up with a butter knife. But then you just end up with a bent butter knife, which you can then sell to the pawn shop guy for $1,500 because he's like, oh, what an amazing sculpture. <laughs> and the correct way, obviously the correct way to get through the loose floorboards is a monkey wrench, <sighs> which is seriously the worst possible tool for that task, right? Like, what? And then Unless you can sell like, the floorboards. You're not just breaking them. You know, like, well, what you need is you eventually have to attract a beaver by putting a pile of splinters on top of a pedestal and then possessing the beaver to build a dam to divert a river, uh, to divert the Nile so that you can swim across the Sphinx. It's, man, man, oh, man. Man, oh man, does this game have bad puzzles? The, the like, I think I I finally quit like on my third or fourth flight, and I was like, oh god, I'm back on the fucking plane. I know I'm supposed to be doing something on this goddamn plane, it, but I cannot figure it out. And every time I fuck up, I have to wait thirty seconds because it resets you, you by just, walking you to the end. You can just hit escape. What? Okay, oh, to to end the flight rather. Oh, so I actually wow. figured out the airplane puzzle as a kid. Okay. Um, 
what you have to do is you have to go back to the bathroom, take the toilet paper, put the toilet paper in the sink, turn the sink on until it floods the bathroom, press the stewardess call button. Then you run to the front of the plane while she heads to the back and then she'll say, oh, this is what a mess. I'm going to have to clean this up. Then you are able to go into the front. We have to open the microwave, put the egg in the microwave, close the microwave, start it so that the egg splatters all over the inside of the microwave. And then that takes her an arbitrary amount of time to clean up. So you can just do whatever you want on the plane at that point. Like, yeah. <laughs> this this seems like a game where they design puzzles by picking the funniest idea that they had. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think is fundamentally a bad way to design gameplay gating elements. Yeah. So, I mean, the, like the there was the hint book that came with the GOG version, but I didn't have any red filters to actually <laughs> look at anything. You just like, loaded in Photoshop. Yeah, I was I was like, that was my going to be my option, but I just, I got too frustrated, I think, to even put that effort in. I bet the hint book is funny. Probably, yeah. And it's got the Invisiclues style thing, which I thought was also like a pretty funny way to give hints, usually. There's a point where you're drawing with a yellow crayon on some dots and he says, connect the dots, la, 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 which was a funny Pee Wee Herman reference. (laughs) I enjoyed the, um, when you get to the point where you're suddenly controlling four people, two of which are on Mars, and there's a cool thing where you have to keep refilling the oxygen in their helmets. This is the co-eds? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And there's a, there's a sort of a mechanical constraint that they put on it. There's one girl who owns the boom box. And so you can't use the boom box or take the boom box as the other person. Like that's oh, the so only the reason there really need to be two, two people there. I yeah. See. It's, mm. hmm. but uh, they, 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 they speak in this like speculative 1995 future slang from <laughs> 1988. So it's like, they they keep describing cool things as being here now as one word and the genre of music that they like is noise bop with a Z. So that's mm. pretty good. There's a point where the aliens put you in the mind erasing machine and the way that it expresses you getting dumber is your verbs slowly disappear, oh, which wow. I thought was actually really clever. Yeah, that like, is, that's clever. That's that was cool. a cool thing. And like that should have happened in the beginning of the game. So anyone would ever see it. Huh. Uh, so when I walked into the living room and there was a couch cushion on the side and you like pick it up and you notice the cord and you put the couch cushion back on the couch and then you're like, how do I turn this TV on? You're like, oh, I can probably p- pull up the other couch cushion. I was like, oh, if, it, if they have like designed things so that you start to understand objects as like outside of their sort of standard context. Right. Like, cause it's not just a couch. It's like two couch cushions or whatever. And like, there's, that's a place that you can store things. Like I was like, Oh, well that's going to be great. And then it just, it didn't sort of live up to that I mean, kind of puzzle design throughout the game. But that is how you do it. Right. It just, when I played the FM towns version, that just didn't work. I tried to pick up the other cushion and nothing happened. Huh. And I think it was just, that version, for whatever reason, the controls felt just weirdly glitchy. Like, often you had to double-click on a thing to make it happen, but not always. Oh, weird. Like, 
when I read the walkthrough, you're supposed to pick up the other couch cushion to get the remote control. I'm like, I tried that and it didn't work, but I just apparently hadn't actually. Hmm. I tried to try it, <laughs> but I guess I didn't try it hard enough. I kind of wish I could just <clears throat> type things in instead of having to click on verbs and oh, there's a whole branch of the adventure game genre where you do that. No, I know. And that's, I like that. I right. like yeah. Those are the ones that I fun, like grew up with previous to this. I mean, but I say that, but like how many of them do you play? Well, how many, like though they came out like a year apart. I don't know. Like, I mean, that was when you were a kid and years were forever. I mean, a lot of you, it was from before you were born. So yours were literally forever. <laughs> like you were at the tail end of an infinity of non-existence. Uh, but mm, yeah. Sorry. I was hoping that there would, I mean, I think there are some cool things about this, but they are not. I don't know. Like, did, was this a response to complaints that Maniac Mansion wasn't long enough? <laughs> <laughs> Like, because the idea of, like, a globetrotting tabloid goofball adventure is kind of neat. Yeah. I Like, I, I was excited about the, the tone of it, I think, in general. I just, I just yeah. couldn't handle the puzzles. They're more like riddles than they are puzzles. Yeah, they're more like, I don't know... It's, psychic incursions into the developer's brains. I mean, there are all of these things where on Mars there are diagrams and they correspond in some way to these diagrams that you have to finish using the crayon on Earth. And that's just fucking tedious because every single one of them is behind a fucking maze. Mm. And it's a different maze depending on where you are. And a lot of the mazes... Your only light source is, as Zach, the lighter, which opens up a like 15 pixel diameter circle around the cursor that you can see until the lighter gets too hot and you have to put it out and then just literally wait like a minute <laughs> to turn it back on again. Wow. Or yeah. a flashlight that stays on indefinitely but has like a wider array. Like navigating a maze where you can barely see anything is the kind of thing that you would do to someone to torture them. <laughs> because that is seriously, like, the fucking worst thing in the world. Oh, that's, like, that's entertainment in the 80s. That's what you did for fun. Yeah? You just, like, hey, uh, arrange... Like, I want you to rearrange all my furniture and then blindfold me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does sound kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I have to carry a stack of champagne flutes. <laughs> From one end to the other, and I'm barefoot. Uh, that sounds like a double dare event. <laughs> Let, let's play a game. Is that the line? I don't sounds remember. Sounds like something they would do at the Exploratorium. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you done the tactile dome, Jim? I have not. Um, it sounded like the, the part where dirty. you are like crawling through a, a tunnel that's barely bigger than you are on your belly. That sounded like a part I would want to skip. There, I was also very sort of afraid of freaking out in there, and it's like, it's not, it's fine. Yeah? Yeah. It was not scary at all. Okay. Yeah, I, I like, I, like to I would of... recommend it even if you are a person who feels like you're going to get panicky or claustrophobic. Like, 
Weirdly, I think that the fact that you can't see anything makes the claustrophobic parts less scary. That, because for all you know, you're in a fucking football field. That doesn't <laughs> sound right to me. <laughs> that sounds like a statement that is going to end up being false. Nah, I don't know. It Almost every part of it had really high ceilings, so that helped me a lot. Sure, sure. So, to not be freaked out. And also, like, you're just really engaged in feeling around to try to figure out how the space is. And so you, like, it's too interesting to be scary. Right. That was my feeling about it anyway. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe there are anxious people who freak out in there, but I'm well, pretty anxious and I they, freak they, out. They talk about on the website, there's like a safe word. So... Yeah, I guess yeah, they, they, they have these infrared in. cameras. They're watching you all the time. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. No, they do. Like, you'll be poking around on something, and they'll say, there's nothing up there. Oh. Like, stop it. You don't need to jump. You're going to hurt yourself. Spoilers, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There's a bunch of hidden stuff in the in the uh, tactile dome. Yeah, there's it's a lot really of stuff neat. we didn't find the first time around, but we found some of the hidden stuff, and then they told us what we missed, and then we went back through it. Yeah. It's good. And found the rest of the hidden stuff, yeah. Because you think you're being real thorough, but you are just not. Yeah, you really, you, you have no way of really knowing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, anyway, so that concludes our review of Zach McCracken and the Alien Mindbenders yep. and the Tactile Dome at the Exploratorium <laughs> in San Francisco. <laughs> and the, the review of my uh, my fears about the Tactile Dome as well. I think you should do it. Carpe diem. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, take I, a lady. Seize the dome. Seize yeah, the take dome. a lady so you can seize her domes. <laughs> so to speak. Oh, yeah. it's uh, Well, it's dark in there, but there's also the infrared camera. Well, yeah. They'll, they'll, they, they're going to tell me, us seen to get everything. a room. They're like, there's nothing in there. <laughs> <laughs> bring, a, bring a better girl next time. <laughs> uh, so, what's our next assignment, Jim? I think I think we're gonna do deadly rooms of death. You're not Jim. I know. Oh, but I didn't know that though. He he did not know that. Oh, I thought you were saying Jim had highlights to recommend. I well, I, I, I did. I gave a couple of suggestions earlier, but I didn't know yeah. like you guys were going for. Yeah, let's do deadly rooms of death. Okay, what was that then, one that the guy sent us? All of them. He, he sent us all of them. Yeah, we have access oh, to all of them. Oh, okay. If we want to, thank you. If you want to just, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we'll thank him again next time when we actually play it. I mean, you, if we're just going to a couple recommendations, right? You were saying the. I, I the one that I uh, really liked. I, I played um, King Duggan's Dungeon and Journey to Rooted Hold, and there are a couple of more after that that I haven't played yet. I thought Journey to Rooted Hold is really good, and according to the guy in the thread, that was also like a good introduction to the series. Okay, so that's the one I'd recommend. If you're just gonna do one, do that one. Yeah, well, if you're gonna do all of them, it's gonna be a smattering of like like the beginnings of a bunch of them because these are really long, involved puzzle games. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and we would talk about it on our forums, but they are not currently available. Yeah, how am I supposed to do the show notes now? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it shouldn't be more than a couple of days, but I don't, I mean, I don't know, so I don't really want to make any promises. Um, we're in the process of migrating it to AWS from the extremely old hardware in the rack in the data center here in Phoenix that it was running on before. Um is AWS really expensive? They 
We've been a caution to the thing. Our, our do it as an experiment. server guy suspects that we can operate our forums for less than $200 a month. Okay. Which is, seems like a lot for that, but. Yeah. This is this is an experimental foray into running web apps on AWS. Sure, yeah. Um, if it is, I mean, I feel like even if it was $200 a month, we could buy a $1,000 box and pop it in the rack and install the forums on it, and that would pay for itself in seven months. <laughs> yeah. Because well, we, we, we've got a, a weird deal where we don't really pay for bandwidth well we do we just pay for more we pay for so much bandwidth that the forum is just a tiny drop in the bucket yeah right that's true so and it's also bandwidth is also just really cheap now the power the electricity is the expensive part it's true the forums don't use much electricity either especially now that They're all off. of the hard drives have stopped spinning <laughs> <laughs> they're super cheap now yeah um but yeah, that's that represents one of the last of the original Kingdom of Loathing servers uh, that I bought ten years ago. You should frame and it or bronze it. I'm just gonna I'm just going to throw it away like I did all the others. <laughs> really, just donate it to uh, an electronics recycling company so they can use it to teach children about throwing how, things away. <laughs> I bet the maid would forums. accept that do- that donation. Well, it, they're real heavy, and I don't want to carry them to San Francisco. <laughs> That's fair. The servers are awkward as heck. They're like, it's like just carrying gravestones around in yeah. terms of their form factor and weight. <laughs> Is that and they're always dead? They're always servers that, that are be... dead, so they are always kind of like they are their own gravestone. That would be a rad <laughs> headstone. Paint a cross on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, so is it like three rack units? No, they're just one, but they're really deep. They're oh. like old school, like a one U server now is, you know, it's like 15 inches wide or whatever that profile is. And then like maybe 10 inches deep yeah, and an inch and a half tall. These are the whole, like of the, the entire rack. rack that like, they're like three feet, huh. 15 inches by an inch and a half by three feet. And they're just like nothing but redundant power supply coils that weigh a billion pounds. Right. Like, just fucking like lead what do you call it? Like induction coils? What do you call What is a transform? What is it? The coil in a transformer called? I forget. Energon. Oh, the all spark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, good. Made the same joke. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, d- we're going to play whatever deadly rooms is of death. Strike our fancy. Uh, thank you so much to the, the developer of that game who provided us with copies uh, specifically to convince me that, I shouldn't be a butthole about his video game that he's been working on for his entire life and cares about a lot. Um, so I will, was I will that, endeavor not to be. Was that something you were doing? Well, no, he was just like, I was excited when you started talking about it, but then I was sad when you continued talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll track down his uh, email and so we can at least uh, thank him by name on the next show. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us a question for our listener's mail segment that we actually did today. Yay. How, how, do, they, how do they find us? How do they get Go a hold of to us? our website, which is still up, uh, videogameshotdog.com. Uh, there is a form there that you can fill out, which uh, you can put questions or comments or whatever in there. Uh, that's a good way to get in touch with us. Uh, and then if you, you, you're welcome to send us emails at vghotdog at gmail.com. Or, I read one of those today. That's true. The one about the tattoo. You can, you can tweet us, which uh, we don't necessarily talk about on the show, but it makes us think about things during the week, which is good. 
and that's at VG Hot Dog. So that's you know, that's, you can, that's you can, the usual uh, way. You can find our individual Twitters. I'm at Zap Jackson. I'm at Puzzle Theory. Oh, we're not telling, saying each other's. No, oh. not today. Well, I'm, I'm Mugwai Poet with an underscore in there somewhere. This, <laughs> oh. this was the uh, it's a puzzle. Yeah. This was the, uh, the pop quiz because we told you that you're gonna have to do it somebody else's, but we didn't say you might have to do your own. Yes, oh. dun, dun, dun. I guess that oh, limitation no. was inevitable. I, I, I didn't <laughs> yeah. study for that one. And I'm at at Rifflesby. Spelled the way it sounds. Yes, with a Y. Gentlemen, I've had a. I've had a fantastic time doing this episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do another one exactly one week from today. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And until you do, keep your cheek on the coffee table and keep advertising the oven. Yeah. Yep. Until next week. You love it. Kevin loves it. Kevin loves it so much. Have a great week, everybody. Oh, I, the new thing came out. I better get one now. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>